Welcome all to the, another episode of the Music Pass podcast. I hope you're having a good morning, afternoon, night, whenever you might be listening to this, uh, this evening where we are. Uh, Marissa and I are joined by Ian Rucker. Ian, thanks very much for taking some time and chatting with us. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. It's great. Yeah. Um, Ian is currently sitting inside in a far nicer weather place than we are. So I half expect you to be like outside in the sunshine, but yes. <laughs> Ian, so you said you're in Florida, right? Yes. Awesome. Yes. So for our listeners, just to kind of get a, a brief on who you are and a head start for, can you give us a little bit of like the elevator pitch and rundown of who you are and how you got to where you are? What has you in Florida musically? Great. Well, well, right now I'm in, um, I'm in Florida in West Palm Beach at Palm Beach Opera as an apprentice artist. And uh, I just started here in November. And so pretty much what I am doing here is through Palm Beach Opera, I am covering small roles in their productions, sensing and chorus in all their productions, getting a lot of really great training from wonderful coaches that have coached in, you know, all over the world and, and in many great houses in the US. Um, let's see, our season at Palm Beach Opera is Carmen, the Elixir of Love and then Mary Widow. And so it's, gonna, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great season. Um, but I'll be here until March 31st. Um, but let's see, how did, I, how did I get into music? This is a really interesting story, right? So uh, I come from a background of rock and roll, actually. My dad, growing up, loved playing all of the all the classics for me, you know, all the, like, the Led Zeppelin, you know, the Rush. You know, Radiohead, Coldplay, my dad was playing it all. He plays guitar. Um, a lot of the music in my family comes from the rucker side, so from my dad's side. My grandmother um, was a piano teacher, voice teacher, did, you know, community theater, and it got me playing piano when I was young. So from my dad playing rock guitar, from my grandma teaching me piano, music was very much in my life. Um, when, and my dad did love opera. He loved La Boheme and he always wanted me to try to get to listen to it. He was like, man, I think, you know, you're a music kid. You should listen to this. And I was like, ew, no, opera's gross. Bleh. You know, like, <laughs> that's, that's, that was that. But when it came to the classical aspect, you know, piano, was my intro to that. I played, I loved playing Beethoven. I loved playing, you know, the Bach prelude and fugues, anything I could do to learn, you know, expand my horizon on music. Um, and uh, I also played in rock bands. I played in like funk bands all throughout, you know, my middle school, high school, undergraduate degree. I did all that stuff. Um, I picked up other instruments too, like bass guitar, drums, like, with that rock and roll background, I was like, I want to do anything I can and, uh, you know, any kind of music I, I, I can do, really. Um, so when I was going into, well, th all throughout my high school, you know, life in high school, I was so dedicated to become a high school music teacher because my, my teacher in high school was amazing and she really got me into music and it made me realize music was what I wanted to do with my life. And singing classical music was also, also started in high school because we had solo and ensemble. Um, I don't know if that's still a thing in high school. Yeah. Um, 
but so I would sing, I would, I would compete in that. I'd sing the, the classical, I'd sing the musical theater. Um, when I was in band, I, you know, I did, you know, marimba solos and I did all that stuff too, just to like, cause music, everything, music, everything I could do really, um, and piano solos as well. And, but it wasn't until I went to my undergrad where my teacher there, who was an alum of IU, was like, oh, you kind of have some classical music chops in your voice. Like, why don't you switch to vocal performance and then see where that takes you? So me, who loved performing, like almost at that time, as much as I loved, you know, choir and all that stuff, I was like, if he's putting his trust in me, why not just go for it? No, I'm like, I was like 18 at the time. I was like, okay, why not? Let's do it, you know? And so I started studying more art song first before I got into singing arias. And one thing that is really important to me, though, is while I was starting to do the switch into classical, I still did all the stuff I love to do. I didn't quite do 100% flip to just classical right away. I did funk bands. I did an acapella group. I was in choir. And it's the is that opportunity to do everything that I, I could be able to do. I went to University of Wisconsin Eau Claire and their their main motto was the power of and. So it's like you could do anything you wanted to do pretty much. You know, like if you wanted to do the musicals, you could still do acapella groups, still do like extracurricular band stuff. You know, like it was really, I'm really thankful for that opportunity. But while I was at Eau Claire, um, I was in musicals and operas both. Um, we did Cabaret my freshman year, Sweeney Todd my sophomore year, uh, Urine Town my junior year, and then Don Giovanni my senior year. And it was when I did Don Giovanni as Don Giovanni in Don Giovanni. How many times can I say Don Giovanni, right? Um, <laughs> it was in that show that I really was like, okay, opera is amazing. I love Mozart. I, the way it fits in my voice is just perfect. Like that's what I really want to do. So I ended up applying to a couple different graduate schools. It was between, for me, Wichita State, IU, and Manhattan School of Music. Then IU was the place that I ended up really loving. I found my my teacher, Carol Vaness, she was amazing. I loved it. I loved studying with her, and it was also there that I had the chance to do Mary de Figaro as the Count. Like, that was amazing. I did Papageno and Magic Flute, and I did Figaro and Barbara Seville. Like, three major roles I was able to put on my resume that were just out of this world. I use production. I use productions are amazing. Great. Like, such a high scale of art, and it was truly, truly amazing. So I guess that was kind of a long-winded way of saying that opera is great and I love what I do, <laughs> but it, it, my, my journey was, it, it was kind of, you know, it took me a while to kind of get there. And I didn't get my first voice lesson until I was a freshman and undergrad. That's when I got my first voice lesson. So out of curiosity, when you talk about that whole path and that whole process, I wonder if... Um, one thing I always think and I have when I have students that are interested in going into music, most often it's usually music education. That's usually where people tend to lead. And I still remember, and my dad talks about it all the time. Still, like the conversation of my parents didn't know a lot about music and we were driving out to Duquesne for my audition. He was like, is this something you really want to do? And it was that conversation that made him go, 
all right, like, I don't know a lot about this job market, but I can tell Kevin wants to do this and he should do it. I can imagine like music ed is one thing. And then when you go, I think I'm going to do music performance. I imagine it maybe gets like a little smaller and then you go, I'm going to do opera. I imagine it gets a little smaller also like what yeah. for, for people that might be listening that either have high school students or college students that are like kind of in this path and stuff. Did that ever play in your mind in terms of like, what am I going to do with this? Or were you more in the moment? Just like, I just love doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep doing it. Oh, I've had many that thought of just like, what am I doing? Like opera? Like what? Um, it, it, it was actually really hard because I first loved musical theater and I did, you know, in high school, I was, you know, doing the shows, doing musical theater shows. I did straight plays too. So I know I loved acting as well. And that's one thing I was like, I can't just do music because the whole acting aspect is also really fantastic. And still, sometimes I think about it. I'm still like, oh, I would love to do like, you know, I would love to do musical theater still. I would love to do, you know, acting and voiceover stuff too. Like that's huge. There's, there's things I still, there are things I still think about. But when it came to like, really pinpointing into opera, it's because of what my instrument, my voice can do. It felt, it felt really comfortable singing that stuff. When sometimes in musical theater, it just didn't feel, or like kind of like the, the more modern stuff. It didn't really fit my voice well. I, and I didn't think I was doing it very health, like in a very healthy way. So what opera really taught me and what really resonated with me was when you learn to, si to sing with the technique of an opera singer, it's just totally just relaxed. Everything just feels like you're at your most natural state of voice, in my opinion. And that really, I really liked that because I felt like I was just kind of letting, letting it go and just being totally relaxed. And that's what was making this sound. I was like, where did this come from? You know, because this growing up and sometimes in, you know, in the funk bands, acapella groups, you know, you have to modify your voice to kind of fit, you know, that pop sound, which isn't very healthy if you're doing it wrong you know if you're so used to that I, I don't know i guess i'm kind of going on a tangent but with just that feeling of total just relaxation total just letting it go and that's how that sound comes out i don't know that's just really i really like that so with with you having this kind of like awakening of this is where my voice fits and musically this is what i want to do what's it What's it like to have your entire childhood and your entire growing up life? You're loving music, you're loving music, you're loving music, and you really don't get to that point where you go, oh, I love this music, and this is what I want to do until college. Like, does that feel, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of like our, our either younger listeners or teachers that have younger ones that might be able to use this as a reference. Like, is that, is that exciting to just all of a sudden go, oh, this whole branch of music that I like have kind of like appreciated, but not really dabbled in all of a sudden has become like, this whole thing is open to me. What's that like to have this awakening? Like, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, sad to me that you're, I can say you're young in comparison to me pretty definitively. That was like, what, like four years ago, five years ago for you that you had this realization moment of uh, opera? Yeah, about that. Yeah, about, yeah, about that. <laughs> it's wildly impressive, but it's just like, so to say you've done all these things, but then like it's only been that much time. What's that like to have that realization moment and have it all open for you? I mean, it is really exciting. It is. And you're just like, I'm going to dedicate my life to this. Like, this is it. Like, and 
the thing is don't don't cut yourself short with the things you do beforehand because i have found with all the things i have done beforehand that helps with how i sing opera whether it is you need to i don't i don't know i'm i can't i'm gonna say that and then not back it up right no but um it it helped me really figure out that opera was a thing to do because i did try it all and i was like I did really enjoy this, but I can't see myself doing it for the rest of my life. You know, if that answers your question, but like when, when it really came to be like, I'm going to sing opera and I can do it. And I feel like I can make a living out of this. It's so exciting. It is like, you finally have, not that you, you didn't have purpose in life before, but it's like this extra like layer of purpose. You're like, I know what I'm going to do and I'm going to really just make it the best I can and use the skills I learned being a musician of, you know, many different hats, use those skills in, you know, what I do for the rest of my life, which is opera. And to go annoyingly full teacher for listeners, I do think there's, there's merit in the, I think that we have this weird, and I, I mean, we're in this version right now of school where they're talking about doing career pathway stuff, where they're trying to help students identify what they want to do for their whole life as early as middle school stuff. Like there, there's nothing wrong with experimenting and going, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And then I think that maybe part of the reason opera becomes such a, an eye-opening experience. And like, I want to dedicate my life to this is because not that you dislike the other things that came before it, but you, you experience them and you went, I like this, but maybe not a perfect fit. I like this, not a perfect fit. And then you found the one and you went, here I am. And that's like, again, for younger listeners or people that have younger listeners, you don't have to have it all figured out by the time you go to college. Cause that's like a common, frustratingly common stipulation, I think right now. Yeah, I I totally agree. There is, college is is a time to really explore and do, you know, do what you want to do, totally. I think the, the fact that they are adding kind of career pathway things in middle school and high school, I mean, that's great. I mean, even at Palm Beach Opera, we have a, we have a, um, a program for high schoolers that want to go into vocal performance, not maybe specifically opera, but just they want to go into vocal performance and they kind of help. They, I mean, I went in and talked to some of them, literally 17, 16, 17 year olds wanting to pursue vocal performance and we were like, hey, here's the thing, like, let's talk about it. How do you feel about performance? Like what schools you want to go to? Like, how can we help you look at this in a way that's more like, instead of really focused still kind of focused, but has a little bit of, you know, like the blinders aren't totally on. So like, I, I really appreciate how they're opening up this conversation to younger students because of the fact you need to like, you need to have this time to branch out do things and if you have someone that's maybe a little older not so much older but that's able to give you a little bit of insight about what you can expect i think that's really helpful for sure speaking of trying new things and experiencing um new experiences in different locations you were from wisconsin you're in florida now you said mm-hmm. you were there until the 31st of march and out of curiosity as someone who doesn't understand kind of the the space you're in professionally do you have a contract through there and then that's just your season or is it like maybe you'll stay maybe you'll go you don't really like you don't you don't have a locked in anything come april 1st so pretty much what um the life of us singers is that we go off on audition for um 
kind of like the next thing. So for instance, like everyone, there have been a lot of auditions for in this, in the fall for summer and then next year. Um, so yes, I'm here until March 31st. I auditioned for the Lyric Opera of Chicago in, in uh, um, October and I landed that gig. Thank God. Amazing. Like I'm so, I'm so freaking excited. Um, and that, so that starts May 1st. So I have one month of a break where I can go see family. I can go, you know, have to finish moving out of my place in IU, you know, like there's a lot of stuff I have to like, kind of like the loose ends I need to tie up before heading out there. Um, and when it comes to these, we call them young artists programs, YAPS for short, when it comes to these YAPS, um, it depends on the, the program that you go to for how long it is. So there are a lot of um, spring YAPS that are like three months, some are five months, some are from September to April, however many months that is, quick math. Um, so it really depends. So when it comes to Palm Beach, it's five months. So I, I was here November 1st until March 31st. Lyric is a year long YAP. So that starts May 1st until April, or actually it's May 6th until April 6th of 2023. So it truly all depends. And so honestly, there's a lot of chances, there, there's a big chance and it's all, almost certain that you'll be traveling around new place every year, depending on if you can renew your contract or not, or re-audition for the same place you are. Like there are a couple people here at Palm Beach that this is their second year, they were here last year during their 2021, 2020, 2021 season. Um, so it really all depends. Um, a lot of auditions, usually people have upwards of 30 something auditions a year for, you know, the next thing coming up, whether it be summer or fall. It's crazy. Do you find that exciting or daunting? To <laughs> One thing that's really, that's really important with this profession is you need to be excited to travel. You need to be, if you're going to do performance of any sort, you know, whether you're in a rock band, whether you're singing opera, whether you're singing musical theater, you have to be ready to move. And when you're first starting, even when you're, you know, a big name, you need to be prepared to travel, not just around the U.S., but around the world. It's, it's necessary. So let's briefly talk performing in a post-COVID world. Um, <laughs> What should audiences know, or even let's let's not go to audiences yet. What should singers, again, particularly like student singers, younger singers, um, expect moving forward? How, like, do you have a beat on what's coming up in that sense? Well, I think what co what um what COVID did is really make people thirst for the arts. It made people really miss that feeling of going to see something live. Whether it be, you know, going to a restaurant and having like, you know, like a little like quartet playing while you're eating dinner, you know, like, or going to a big show like this. People miss this stuff. And so I don't think it's going to be something that's going to just go like poof away. You know, I think people should expect like big crowds while places allow it, you know, when it comes to singing, be prepared, like when you're in rehearsal spaces to be proficient in being able to sing with, sing with a mask on. That's something we still have to do here at Palm Beach. Once we want to have big choir rehearsals, we need to make sure that 
we can sing with a mask on to stop the spread, you know, slow everything down. But we have to know how to sing well with it on. It's it's hard. It's, it's something you need to practice with because all of a sudden, like singing with something over your face, it's it's a huge adjustment, huge adjustment. So that should be something to get used to. I mean, I don't know how much longer that companies are going to have us sing with masks on. You know, things are still changing. You know, variants will come out and, you know, more restrictions will happen. But it's just be prepared for that, mostly being the singer. But the, when it comes again to the audiences, like, I don't think it's going to be something that's dwindling. It's going to be, it's, I, I can foresee it booming for sure. That's, that's interesting. I think we were talking, um, which this is going to be a weird segue because technically your episode comes out before Heidi's, but we were talking about Heidi, uh, we're, no, we we're talking with Heidi, um, about like how media is changing the opera space as well. Um, and she kind of said that she doesn't feel like media is ever going to replace, um, live theater. And I agree. I don't think it will replace it, but are you seeing like a lot that has to be produced as a singer? Um, like, are you doing a lot for media? Are they recording a lot? Are they live streaming? Like what's, what's that like from your side? Oh yeah. Live, live streaming is for sure huge. Um, that is going to be something that's going to help people that still want to go see live music without, if, if someone's like immunocompromised and they can't go out, like it's, it's a, a great way for people to ingest this music. Um, Media, yes, media is huge. Um, for even for um, our outreach assignments for Palm Beach, since we can't go to the schools, we oh, let's see, how's a good way to explain this? They, the people at the schools made this not curriculum, but this I'm going to try to think of this word. I'm not going to think of it and I'm just going to move on. Um, lesson plans. I mean, lesson plans based <laughs> around certain things. Like, for instance, they want to teach the kids about certain literature. So they looked at our repertoire lists and they're like, okay, this, for instance, Ian, he sings this aria from the, from Grapes of Wrath, this book that was made into an opera. Let's record him singing this aria and make it part of this lesson. You know, and so we had, we got to do that. So in, instead of going to schools, they recorded us. They brought in this this wonderful, this wonderful video videography group, and they recorded us each singing our arias, and they're making it into this lesson for these kids, which is great. So that's a way that that media can be, you know, involved. And when it comes to like technology and things like that, and shows, like you can see how much more technology is being integrated like projections and for instance like a lot of like they're trying to relate it to the like the world that is coming out of media like a lot of people really like listen to the media they really ingest that stuff and they try to bring that into opera now with new age you know productions of old shows i don't know if that answers your question but that's kind of what i what yeah, yeah, I think it does. Pivot. Pivot. All right. So look, just I'm looking at what was the. Sorry. <laughs> um, looking at just time wise. So let's think. So you're again. You're you are 
not relatively, you are young in your career and you're, you skew young in terms of the average um, opera singer. If you look down the road X amount of years and you've been doing this for 15, 20 years, do you have anything that's in your mind? Like I would love to slide or roll into like this next phase of this avenue or do you see yourself doing what you're doing now forever is there anything you would love to check out otherwise i think i think opera will be around forever in my in my life i think no matter what i will find a way but what i really really want to do i still have the teaching bug i still have the teaching bug and i think i would i would love to find a job at a university after you know doing this for many years and then teaching students voice i i've taught i've taught voice a little bit um and i feel like i i have what it is what it takes to be a teacher i i teach what i know you know and even even in you know this is my seventh year now since my first voice lesson you know like after set you seven years you accumulate a lot of information that you're able to pass on to students you know but i mean even after 20 years like imagine how much you're able to pass on to these young students that want to be you know they want to be singers so that's a huge huge interest of mine because also someday i mean like i'd love to have a family i'd love to have a couple dogs you know like <laughs> that's one thing i really like and it's really it's really hard to be able to be able to do that while you're uh while you're a singer, like a traveling singer. So settling down, teaching, having a family is kind of like where I want to end up if if I had to choose. But still, while that's happening, I'm of course finding miscellaneous performance things to do. I love that, but settling down probably. What's your, um, even as much as you've experienced so far, if you had one role that you could choose tomorrow to do and have before you're done singing opera what would it be don giovanni 100 that show is the music is fantastic the role of don giovanni sits at a, such a good place in my voice i'm just like i could sing this i could sing this forever and even i, was, I had a long conversation with my um teacher carol finesse about this because she has done 400 plus performances of don giovanni of yeah yeah a lot of performances doing you know every every single female role in that show you know like and she was like every performance was different not there's not one that was just like the other and that's the wonderful thing about this profession is you're going to do these these roles over and over and over again with different staging, different directors, different sets, different costumes and even if you have the same set or costume it's in it's it's all in your brain to make it something different think about like oh this line in italian could translate to this in english or it could translate to this which may be just a little different it's, it's it's interesting to see what you can do as an actor and a singer to make each performance different and i mean if i could do don giovanni for the rest of my life you know and just embrace something new each night like i'll be sad i'll be so happy with that <laughs> So if after all of these years of singing, you get Don Giovanni, you do it for the last couple of years, and then you become a teacher and your students do a deep dive of Ian Rucker on YouTube and Google and all those things, and they look up all of your performances, what would be 
the thing that you would hope your students or other students watching your videos would take from your performances? This person is a, is a musician. Like, like, wow, the, the way that this, this person really like approaches the text approaches the approaches the music, like how he sings this and like combining the acting and the musicality, just like really being like a great stage musician. That's what I'd want someone to, to see in my videos. So other than what you've got going on in Florida and then in Chicago, do you have anything else coming up? Performances, master classes, um, live streams, books, articles? I don't know. Um, I have a recital coming up. Well, it's not just my recital. It's my um, my great friend Andrew Volker's recital at IU. Um, they will be putting on a wonderful program that I'm going to be part of. That's April 6th. April Is it live streamed? It will be live streamed through IU. As I'm pretty sure. I think aren't all recitals live streamed through IU? I don't know for sure. Um, yes, I'm pretty sure it's it's Wednesday, April sixth. Yes, Wednesday, April sixth. Um, and other than that, I mean, the big things I'm going to be in are here at Palm Beach, and I don't know the season for Lyric yet, but they'll they'll let us know as soon as possible. But um, I'll be covering the role of Tuniga and Carmen, and singing the chorus of that. That is going to be late January. Late February is Elixir of Love, and I'll be in the chorus of that. Um, and then in Merry Widow, in late March, I will be covering the role of Cascada, and then singing chorus of that show as well. So that is kind of the, the main things I have coming up here. And if people aren't in uh, Florida and they want to keep an eye on what you're doing, do you have any social medias or YouTube channels, anything like that, that they can find you and your work at and keep tabs on you? Yes, I, I use mostly YouTube and Instagram for um, what I have. And you can find that on my website. I, I just created it. It's brand new. Still working on some kinks, but it's ianrucker.com. Um, and there it'll, you'll have some videos of me. There's a bio, you know, there's, um, there'll soon be like an upcoming events page. And then down at the bottom, there's a place you guys, you guys can click and there's like, it'll take you straight to my Instagram, straight to my YouTube, Facebook page. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, kind of the main thing. Again, ianrucker.com. Awesome. We'll make sure that we link that in your bio on F flat. So anyone that Great. wants on that to find that and follow that so um ian thanks for taking a chance to sit down and chat with us in our, our post work day uh, and mess ups and conversation so no seriously this is this is great it's great to talk to you guys